It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The new Jonathan India trade rumors should actually have the don't trade India crowd pretty excited. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me here Today on the Lockdown Reds podcast that is brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every single day and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan and I've turned an addiction into information for you as this is now my sixth offseason uh, that I will be covering the Reds and we cover them on a daily basis here for you on the Locked On Reds podcast. And as the offseason is barely getting started, we already have rumors. Jonathan India uh, is in some trade rumors yet again. And I'm actually more bullish on the rumors and what they have to say about the Reds not trading Jonathan India. Also, I want to talk about the Reds had 16 players elect free agency from their minor leagues yesterday. And there were a couple of impactful names on that list. We're going to go over who those were. And then later on in the show, I want to set up what you can expect as we jump into the player review series. We're really taking deep dives into players from 2023 and, and, and what they did and what you can expect from them coming up next season. That's all coming up on today's Lockdown Reds podcast, but I want to start first, of course, with the Jonathan India trade rumors. They are back. We we saw those quite a bit uh, different parts during the season, whether it was early on or around the trade deadline. Even last offseason, there were rumors. Kind of feels like ever since the Reds traded J- Luis Castillo, Jonathan India became the player that national media people were interested in whether or not the Reds were going to trade him. And one of those national media people is definitely John Morosi. Now, I want to preface this by saying, for those of you that are on Twitter, and for those of you that aren't on Twitter, John Morosi is a national baseball writer. He works for MLB Network. He is a very active tweeter during the offseason. He has lots of rumors, and I use quotes around those a lot because if you read his quote-unquote rumors you will see that there is a lot of words that are used but not really any more news but there was something interesting about what he had to say about Jonathan India let's look at his tweet he said Jonathan India is a popular name among execs at the MLB GM meetings multiple teams have inquired to the Reds about his availability Reds will listen to offers due to their position player depth, but they value India highly and aren't motivated to move him. So when you see that, the first thing that you see, obviously, is everyone's interested in Jonathan India. Now, I think part of that is that if you look at the Reds roster objectively, you kind of wonder if he has an everyday spot. You kind of wonder 
where he fits in on this team as a starter. Are they going to move him to the outfield? Is he going to play DH every day? Which that, that kind of seems a little foolish, but with all of that being said, where does he fit in? So as an opposing general manager who probably has a need on the middle infield, you're doing your due diligence by asking Nick crawl what the price tag is. The biggest thing for me was what John Morosi said at the end of his tweet. He said, Reds will listen to offers due to their position player depth, but they value India highly and aren't motivated to move him. That is a tenor change in this, in this narrative. Uh, we, we heard during the season um, things like the Reds might actually be kind of motivated, kind of looking to move him, like actively seeking a trade partner. Now we're hearing, yeah, whatever. If you want to call us and talk to us about him, we're not going to hang up the phone, but we're also not trying to move him. Aren't motivated to move him. And I think that there's there's so many ways that you can go about discussing Jonathan India's value to this team. It was very clear early on in the season, he took a hold of that vocal leader role. He took a hold of the clubhouse leader mantle and really did a good job with it. It was very evident to me that other players enjoyed playing around him. And I've got to believe that, yes, it helps that Ellie and Matt McClain and Spencer Steer and all those guys had personalities as such as that they were leaders. But on the other side of this, Jonathan India had to be a huge factor in how they got acclimated to the big leagues. When you have a guy like that who's advocating for you, who is obviously here to work with you, not to work against you in the dog-eat-dog environment that is Major League Baseball, that is super valuable. And as the Reds move forward, I mean, think about this, especially with Joey Votto off the roster, Jonathan Endy is the elder statesman. Jonathan Endy and Tyler Stevenson are the, the old wily vets on the position side of things. That's where we are on this roster. It's so young. And I think that continuity is important. Now, I do believe that Jonathan India falls under the umbrella of Nick Crawl saying, we will do everything we possibly can to improve this team. Again, he said everything. So everyone falls under that umbrella. A little bit of a, yeah, I kind of misdirected you there. But I don't think that Nick Kroll is out here actively searching for trade partners for Jonathan India, as some may seem to believe. As some have probably thought, whenever the offseason, or whenever the World Series ended and the offseason began, and the trade gates once again opened, and you could make as many trades as your heart desired, I think that there were some people that firmly expected Jonathan India to already be gone. And that's just not the case. And I think that when you look at what John Morosi also said later on in the day is also an interesting tell. John Morosi said at the MLB GM meetings, a trend to watch team execs tell me trade conversations for position players are far more serious now than at this time last year. One reason quote unquote buying clubs have more interest in players under club control than those available in free agency. 
I firmly believe that one of those teams that is active in, in discussions for a position player is the Cincinnati Reds. They are in a position to deal and, and see if they can move some things around and maybe fill a position need while also not really giving up a whole lot. And I don't think that the Reds trade Jonathan India because they feel as though uh, that, that he can that he that he will be the linchpin to a trade. We've talked about this before. His value is very incur- is very interesting to me when it comes to other teams because I think his value is very interesting to the Reds. There's a lot of great intangible stuff, but how does he fit into a roster? Where does he fit in the everyday lineup? Where does he fit in the everyday defensive uh, rotation and things like that? So I'm very intrigued to see how this plays out, but the newest rumors actually have me a little bit more bullish that Jonathan India will be on the opening day roster for your Cincinnati Reds in 2024. All right, uh, the Reds had 16 players elect free agency yesterday, including two notable players who made uh, some pretty big major league contributions last year. We'll go over who those are and the impact to the roster coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. There is no better time to join in FanDuel than right now. With the NFL season going along, we're into week 10 of the NFL season. There are so many great promos on FanDuel for you to get involved. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And that's talking about if you go on and you put, you know, a $5 money line bet on the Bengals to win this week against the Texans. Tough matchup here. I mean, C.J. Stroud is coming off of the best game of his career, best game of a rookie's um, existence, really, as a quarterback. 470 yards and five touchdowns. Bengals got a lot to deal with with him. Might be without Jamar Chase. Could be an interesting game, especially for the fact that the Bengals play the Ravens the following Thursday night, not even a week later. So you're talking about a huge matchup that the Bengals need. This could be an interesting game at home against the Texans this week. And if you want to get in on that and more, you got to check out FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, and player props, over-unders, and more. You can also combine prop bets in a game um, into a single-game parlay for even more fun. So check it out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on and get in on all the NFL action. Your first $5 money line wager, uh, if it wins, will net you $150 in bonus bets today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Uh, wanted to let you know that coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast, Steve will be w- back with me. He's actually traveling. He was in Ohio 
um, here over the weekend. He, he got to go to the Bengals and Bills Sunday night game, but he was traveling today. He'll be back on tomorrow's show. And we will dive deep into the season that introduced us to Ellie De La Cruz and the key uh, light at the, 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 the key sign of a turnaround for Ellie. You're not going to want to miss it. That's on tomorrow's podcast. But let's get back to today because the Reds uh, just saw 16 players elect free agency from their minor leagues uh, with some notable names including one guy that me and Steve have talked a lot about in Ben Lively. Ben Lively is now a free agent. He's no longer with the Reds. I totally missed. There was a roster move. It was about a week or so ago where the Reds actually sent him off the active roster down to AAA. And with that, he had the ability to elect free agency, and he did. So Ben Lively is not a, a, a Red right now. Now, he could come back. They could sign him, but... He is currently a free agent. Jason Vossler, also elected free agency, no longer a Cincinnati Red. Um, you'll remember he led the Reds in every offensive category for the first week of the season and then was completely just uh, almost an automatic out after that. It's very strange. Chucky Robinson also elected free agency in this. This one was a little bit interesting because he is a name and if you're active, uh, if you're active in our YouTube chat section, which by the way, if you are, thank you for that. Um, but you will know there are plenty of people that think that, you know, he he probably could have deserved a shot to be the backup catcher. Now I think Luke Maley is an amazing backup catcher, so I'm not worried about that. But Chucky Robinson no longer in the organization; he's a free agent. Ricky Karcher also elected free agency. Now I'm not going to say he he made a notable accomplishment for the Reds in 2023, but we will always have the Ricky Karcher game from Kansas City. It's going to be a long time before you, you, you say to me the words, the Ricky Karcher game, and I'm not going to know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not going to know exactly how I felt the night watching that game. That was an amazing game. Uh, just an amazing, nuanced performance. Not in that I wanted to see it happen again. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, Eduardo Salazar, who also uh, threw some innings for the Reds out of the bullpen, elected free agency. And Javian Sandridge, which is not a name that we saw in the majors last year, but a name I heard a lot in the Arizona Fall League. Friend of the podcast, Doug Gray, really liked the profile that he was building. He really thought he had a good second half of the season in the Reds' farm system and probably was going to be a uh, bullpen option out of spring training. But he elected uh, free agency out of the minor leagues. There were more players, but none of the significance of the names that I just meant. But, you know, Ben Lively kind of been a guy that Steve and I talked about as being the kind of pitcher who could bridge the gap as a long relief arm out of the bullpen. So it was interesting to me that he, number one, was sent to AAA a couple of weeks ago, but now number two is no longer with the organization. So... With that, I went and I looked at who is still on the 40-man roster that could really step into that role because I think that that's a role that the Reds really need next year. They need a guy that they can trust in, in, a, in a game where maybe Hunter Green doesn't go as long as you want him to or maybe, you know, somebody is dealing with an injury or, you know, something like that. Just, just overall, the ability for a guy to come in maybe in like the fourth inning and still somehow bridge the gap to the seventh uh, 
or maybe even the eighth inning if he's pitching that well. And there's there's still there's four guys on the forty man roster left over that I think could grow into that role, maybe depending on how they pitch in spring training and things like that. I'm looking at Lion Richardson, looking at uh, Levi Stout, Carson Spires, or Revar San Martin. Now none of those guys do I have as much confidence in as if Ben Lively were still on this team. Make no mistake about it. But there are options. Now, could this be something that the Reds actually target in free agency or trade? Yes. And I think that that would be a better thing than to rely on one of these four guys. We saw Levi Stout very little. He just did not seem to have the command. Uh, Carson Spires, eh. Revar San Martin dealt with injuries the entire year. I literally didn't hear anything out of him until the end of the season whenever he was activated off the 60-man injured list because there is no 60-man injured list during the offseason. So he has to be on the 40-man roster. And then Lion Richardson is an interesting case because I think that when we think of him, we think of the first two pitches that he threw, both being home runs that he allowed. But after that, he calmed down a little bit and maybe showed at least that he could be like a Ben Lively. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I would be very interested to see if the Reds could go get Ben Lively back. I think part of it is now with having starting experience and things like that under his belt, Ben Lively might be looking for a contract a la Luke Weaver of last year where, okay, it's not that expensive, but he's being signed to be a starting pitcher. That's not what I want his role to be for this team. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But with those moves yesterday, and and, and still, it kind of, I don't know, like I was buying into the hype a little bit with JV and Sandridge, and I don't necessarily know if that is a missed opportunity simply because he was in the minor leagues last year, hadn't made his major league debut, but now he's a free agent. We'll see. Maybe the Reds bring him back. Maybe they don't. But, the, uh, but Ben Lively is now a free agent, and he's not going to be that long relief pitcher to be that Steve and I had kind of penciled him in to be <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to tell you what you can expect from Steve and I as, as we get into reviewing the top players, and really, we're, we're going to try to review almost everybody from 2023. That's coming up next. Before we get into that, I wanted to remind you that you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds as well. Also, make sure you uh, check out the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Got a link down in the description of this episode. Lots of great folks talking Reds baseball all throughout the offseason, reacting to the news, reacting to the rumors. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on there. So check it out. Like I said, link is in the description for the Locked On Reds Discord page. All right, so coming up here now as we move through the month of November, want to start focusing more on, on, on in-depth reviews of the players that really meant a lot to this team last year. There were so many new faces, so many rookie faces that we had hoped for, that really when we thought about it, we're just like, yeah, maybe there'll be something. But almost right away, they were something. And we're going to look at their performances in depth. We're going to start with Ellie. Because I think that 
there is no more interesting player on this team than Ellie De La Cruz. I'm not saying he was the best player last year because I think that we've had that argument. It's between TJ Friedel and Spencer Steer and Matt McClain. I think that he showed flashes last season that he can take over a game, but he was so very inconsistent with his good performances. How does he get that? How does he, how does he add that to his game for 2024? That's going to be the big question. And I saw a kind of a sign that maybe that is going to happen next year. And we'll kind of talk about that in our first review. But the idea here, and you hear me say this a lot, because when we talk about player performances, there are two statistics, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter, you you talk about ERA, you talk about batting average. And it kind of feels like that's where everybody kind of stops. What we're going to do is we're going to take a more in-depth look at them. We're going to look at some things that, you know, help you better understand the performances that you see on the field. It's going to be something that I, I, I hope, and the idea is for you to take away something from one of our player reviews, whenever we talk about Ellie or whenever we talk about Spencer Steer, or when we talk about, you know, Nixon Zell even. That you can take something away from it and be like, man, I know. My friends ask about this dude. I know. I'm about to drop some knowledge on him. I'm going to make you the smarter Reds fan at the, uh, at the bar. With that, we are going to be getting analytical. I know a lot of folks uh, feel some sort of way whenever they hear that word, but there are numbers that help us understand the performances of players. And while we may not be professional scouts or former professional baseball players that can give you the jargon and give you the, the inside look of somebody who has done it, we can still help you understand player performances in a way that's going to help you be a smarter fan because part of what Steve and I do every day is I hope make it a more enjoyable experience to be a Reds fan because you come to us for knowledge, you come to us for information for how, uh, you know, our thoughts on something that has gone on with the Reds. You come to us for how we feel about it, but I want you to know more about the game. I want you to feel like, you can enjoy the Reds more by listening to what we have to say. So with that, whenever we talk about Ellie, whenever we talk about, you know, Andrew Rabbit, whenever we talk about Alexis Diaz, I'm going to give you the one big thing to know about their performance from last year. And we're going to look at the one important thing to understand for how they can get better next year, how they can take that next step. What does the next step look like? Because a guy like Ellie His next step is like top five player in the league. Firmly believe that. Firmly believe that's where he's headed. A guy like Nick Sinzel, his next step is just to be a viable part of the team. As much as he is against right-handed pitching, maybe there's something he can do to be an everyday type of player or something like that. I don't know. There will be different things that we look at for different guys. Everybody's got different goals because not every player is the same player. That's just how that goes. But overall, when we go through these reviews, um, 
I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best to not go too hard, too fast as far as like, you know, like, oh boy, like this is about to be, you know, next year Ellie's going to be better than Mike Trout or next year Matt McClain's going to win the MVP or next year Nick Lodolo is going to be a Cy Young Award. We're not going to go that crazy. I just want to talk about how these guys can get better for next season because that's all they're trying to do. Every single day they're trying to get better. And every single day we're trying to get better for you. And so that's where I want to go with these player reviews. We're going to look in depth at what they did last season and how they can get better for next year. So that's what you can expect from us as we move into our series of player reviews that will begin tomorrow with Ellie De La Cruz. But as we move into the offseason, like, like we did today with Jonathan India, rumors and things like that, as news comes about, as rumors come about, we're going to be with you every step of the way. The offseason is a marathon. The, the MLB offseason is not like the NBA or the NFL where it's like this this one hard and fast day, that's where you're going to get all your, your free agency news or, 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 you know, we got a draft coming up or something like that. It's a lot of sprinkled throughout the offseason. And in between, we're going to continue to analyze what happened last year and how next year the Reds can get where we want them to be. Because next year, the contention window opens. Not not two years from now, not hopefully down the road. We're here. The Reds have made it. This roster's good. And now they need to make the roster great. That's what this offseason is about. That's what Nick Crawl's tasked with doing. And that's what we're going to be covering every single day here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. And I want to thank you for taking time every day to listen to me here uh, tomorrow, like I said. Steve will join me again as he's traveling here today. And we are going to dive deep into L.A. De La Cruz's debut season with the Cincinnati Reds and the sign of the turnaround that we're all waiting for and why I saw it and why I'll tell you why you can see it too. But until then, you can trust that we will be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.